born in Macon, Georgia. They kept my dad in the Macon jail. Yo, here we are. We're back. We're at it. Uh, talking to a big time. This guy's he sets a new reference point as to what tough and convicted and belief means, right? Uh, before we get into this guest, man, I, can I and I introduce what's going on? I hope you guys are doing good. I hope everything's great. Uh, if you bought stuff, man, that stuff got sent out all over the country. The internet, what an amazing thing. What a terrible, horrible thing the internet is. And what a wonderful, amazing thing is because it allows us to get connected with you guys. We've got ranchers in Wyoming. We've got butchers in Colorado. We've got fishermen and hunters and, and outdoorsmen and, and, and just tough people and, and, and men and women and that all over the place. And they're jumping on the struggle bus. And we can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, and uh, I hope that we get to continue to grow this thing. We got nothing up our sleeve, man. Okay, we're selling t-shirts, we're selling hats because uh, it's stuff that we want to exist. It's ideas that we want to convey. We're talking to people that we want to talk to. Uh, we have no endorsements. We have no advertisers. We have no people that uh, we have an agenda that we need to make sure we get these things out to you. So it's just this is this is this is what we want. We're putting things out that we want to exist, all right? And uh, we try to do it as well as we possibly can, and sometimes things get weird. For instance, in this episode, it sounds like uh, the guest and I hiss at each other. We turned into snake people and have weird snake tongues and just every S we try to say, and it was bizarre, and I blame Zoom. So if you're there, Zoom, this is your fault. And your weird connection that we had that evening via the miracle of Wi-Fi. And I'm going to complain about it anyway. I don't care because it was bizarre. And I had to learn about undistorting things in audio post uh, whatever it's called where you, where you edit. You see what I'm saying? This is how good I am at this. Okay? So stuff got fuzzy. All right? So just imagine that you're listening to like a fireside chat. In World War II, and it's got it's it's just over the weird megaphone thing where you put records on and it does that weird crackle. That's what we got going on a little bit. But the stuff is the the our the, this this conversation is too good not to put it out. All right. So yes, production took a hit, and we decided to release this anyway. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Turn it off right now and go to Spotify and listen to something crystal clear made in a five million dollar studio. Okay. This was in the truck when I had time to talk to Nathan Tomasello. All right, I'll get out of my grouchy mood now. Nathan Tomasello, uh, he's about as great as you could possibly have been in the sport of collegiate wrestling. He was a four-time All-American, a four-time Big Ten Conference champion, a national runner-up, and a national champion uh, at the Ohio State University. If you don't like Ohio State, shut up. All right, it's not about what what fan you are. I'm not a fan of anybody. All right, because I work in this in sports, so I'm not a fan of anything. So don't let that trip you up. Your fandom. 
Okay, but uh, guys, here's the deal. I can get I I have a tendency to get tripped up with my own just jadedness or sarcasm, sarcastic lens that I look at the world with. All right, and uh, this was a convicting conversation to have with a guy that is one hundred percent in total belief of what he's doing. And and the life he's living, you know. Sometimes I'll be I wake up and I'm like, what is this? What are we doing? What is this all? What what is the point? And it's just there's there's none of that. It's the most sincere, earnest, uh, just hard working, down to hurt, down to struggle, down to train his brains out to get where he wants to go, and he knows how hard it's going to be. I'm at the point. I'm like, I just got my struggle diploma. Right? Like I know it's gonna be hard. I'm not looking for it to be easy, but I'm I'm upset that it's so hard. This guy's like obsessed that it is this hard and he can't wait for it to be hard. And that's what he's in this thing for. It's uh it's sobering. All right. And more than that is this guy, there's a lot of people like, oh, I'd like to thank Jesus. You know, when you win an award, or I'd like to thank God and that sort of thing. And it can kind of tempt somebody to roll their eyes at it. But this guy is serious about his faith. And it's this is not an act. When he's when you and we like we everybody likes to put their little Bible verses under their uh, bio on the gram or whatever. But uh, this guy is living and breathing it every second. He has currently just accepted a position to be an assistant coach at Duke University with their wrestling program. And uh, I don't care if you know anything about wrestling or not. I don't. And uh, but but you can take something away about work ethic, about going all in on something, about uh, acquiring passion, you know, you don't just start, you don't just come walk out of the womb and be like, I love wrestling more than anything in the world. You nobody does that about anything, but you start to do something and you start to have success. And then you start that to work at it. And people and the people that you're surrounded by push you and, and encourage you. And then all of a sudden it becomes your life's work. And for Nathan Tomasello, that's what the sport of wrestling has become. He's training to qualify for the upcoming Olympics in Tokyo. This is a real deal. This is a this is a uh, elite human being, and I hope you get something out of this conversation, despite the hissy sounds that it's. I'm telling you, man, it's not our fault. It's Zoom's fault. Anyway, here we go. This is the Man Child Podcast. What you know about me? What you know about child? What you know about struggling well through this life? We're better together. What you know about men, child? All right, welcome back or welcome to the Man Child Podcast, the podcast centered around the essential need to struggle. And right now I am sitting here on a Zoom meeting. That's what we do in 2020. We Zoom meet each other and stay away. But this guy is no stranger to struggle. Uh, the, the, the wrestling great, 
uh, and he's still competing. He's gonna and he we're gonna go in it at length and discuss that. And he's he's going after qualifying for the Olympics, but he's also coaching at Duke University. Please welcome to the show Nate Tomasello. Nate, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, I'm honored to be on and excited to talk a little bit about the sport and just a little bit about life. Well, that's the thing is you're talking to uh, I, I am a coach, but I am not a wrestling coach. And my my uh, knowledge of the sport is very, very limited. So uh, you're going to get a lot of uh, uh, amateur questions and you, uh, just about as far as wh- how this thing works for you, what, it, what you're doing now. Uh, the nature of, of how you guys get yourselves prepared to do what you do. So it, people that have never heard of you before or anything like that, tell us a little bit about what, what you're doing, what you've been doing, and, and your, your career as a wrestler and, and those things. Yeah, so I went to Ohio State. I, uh, I won a national championship, took third three times at, and won four Big Ten championships. Um, as a collegiate wrestler, and then the past two seasons, two years, I've been focusing on Olympics and world teams, and just primarily that's been kind of the the job, you know, just training full-time at the Ohio RTC and uh, just pursuing the, the, those dreams, you know. And um, now I'm stepping into a role of a coach, but also a c- competitor as well. Um, so, um, planning on competing in the 2021 trials and, uh, kind of go from there, but definitely grown up, have done the sport for a long time and just look forward kind of to the new adventure coming up. Where are the, where is the next Olympic games being played? Tokyo. Tokyo. Yes, that's right. So, so you're you're trying to get ready to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, are you? Where are you from originally? Parma, Ohio, right near Cleveland, about twenty minutes southwest of the city. So you you got was Ohio State always the the dream destination to go and wrestle, or was that how'd that become? It 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 was definitely on my list. I would say my dad was a big Buckeye football fan and. Um, grew up watching it there at the games and was a big big follower of the program but I took five official visits and I really I liked Minnesota a lot that was probably my my second favorite school but I wanted to stay in the Big Ten and at that point I knew Kyle and Bo was were uh were trap were already committed and I saw kind of the the writing on the wall in a sense where they were top 10 and they were getting to that next elite level. And I was like, all right, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be kind of part of this, this next step with the Buckeyes. And it was like, got in redshirted one year and then we stepped in and was able to win a team national championship. It was probably one of the most special times of my life helping the team do as, as well as they could, you know? So you had about as much success as you could possibly have as an athlete uh, and as a wrestler at the highest level of wrestling in college athletics. Uh, is is wrestling and what for you individually? Was it um, something that you like? When, how old were you when you started wrestling? Uh, 
I was 10. Um, backstory, I, no one actually wrestled in my family, so I've been a first-generation wrestler. And uh, I had a buddy down the street that got a flyer, and it was their local youth practice. I didn't think much of it, but we were close at the time and invited me to come with them. And I didn't go for a year because I was doing other sports. And then one of one of my soccer practices got canceled and I went with them. And I thought it was pretty, pretty different than I expected. I mean, I thought it was going to be the, the stuff you see with the WWE. <laughs> it was a lot different. So um, I kind of liked it. I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep going with it, but the youth coach saw something in me. And he's like, you got to come back, you know, and um, made it through the season. And I I got convinced to do a summer camp, a three-day summer camp with him. And after that point, he's like, you're not leaving me. <laughs> you got some, some, some talent. And I was like, all right, Coach Johnson, I'm going with it. So from that kind of point forward, it was just like travel places, go places to compete and just try to be the best in the sport. Something that I'm always curious of and is is how people come to love something as much as they have to love it to be as great as, for instance, in your realm, as great as you've been, you have to love it. You have like you were talking before we started recording of being obsessed with the grind and obsessed with the process and the work of of uh, of being a, an elite wrestler. One of the things um, that I'm in college football, and one of the things that uh, college football is confronted with right now is you have a lot of kids, and that's why I asked about how it started. It, 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 my my curiosity was: is wrestling like like another sport to where if you're really big and you're really fast? Um, people are intrigued by keeping you around or is wrestling completely uh, a, a skill driven um, endeavor that you just start out and really nobody knows how to do it? Or is it a kind of a mixture? Um, whereas you got a little bit of natural raw talent and then you have to hone this, this skill and this craft. It, I, I'm curious as to how that works. I would say in high school, you can get away with just having raw talent and some skill. If you're stronger and faster than guys, you'll do pretty well. But I think it's in college where you really see kind of the technique and the fundamentals. Because basically, the D1 college guys, I mean, they're all they're all strong and fast. So then it comes down to just getting the right technique, the little technique positions down, and knowing your style and improving in your style and and. Uh, you see kind of the separation at that point. And then same thing at the international level as well. So, okay. So what my, the point I'm making is, is, is college football recruiting is it's ridiculous. It's out of control. The, the song and dance and pony dog and pony show that it has turned into to convince a kid, an 18 year old kid that, you know, like us enough to come here and play football. And what I, I see sometimes is kids, they don't love football. They love being paid attention to. They like retweets <laughs> and they like, you know, getting direct messages and people begging them and paying attention to them and, and, and their highlight film getting shared. And, and it, but, but the love like of actual football, of lifting weights and conditioning and running 
and practicing really, really hard for a long period of time, those kids are fewer and farther between. Whereas in my limited experience with talking with wrestlers, there's a lot more of a real love for this thing simply because and don't get me wrong, it is very, very popular, but it is not the ridiculous where people sit on ESPNU and discuss a 17-year-old junior in high school about where he's going to select to go to play football, and then he decides and tricks everybody and puts the different hat on. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous, and the sport is suffering from it. And I'm just telling you firsthand as a strength coach in, in college football, the sport is suffering from the the lack of real love and commitment to a sport that takes a lot of it. So for you yourself, uh, you're, you're, you obviously love the sport. Did the love start as you as, as soon as you jumped into it, or was it it grew as you got more and more involved? I think it improved as I got more involved. I wouldn't say I loved it right when I right when I started it. I thought it was unique. I thought it was different than I expected. And then the different coaches and mentors throughout my journey and just the people that had the same passion about it just got me more passionate about it. And I would say that going into my sophomore year of high school is when um, I really felt like it was something I could see myself doing for a while. I just won a freshman ch- national or state championship as a freshman, and it was my sophomore year. And I was playing soccer as well at the time, and there was a national champ from Indiana named Brian Dolph that uh, wanted to help me work on some technique a little bit, do some privates. And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, but long story short, I, I'd have to – leave practice soccer practice in the fall early and so the team wasn't really happy about it and they told me that i would have to choose so at that point i really thought about it and i was like all right i'm going to focus primarily on wrestling and see how far it goes yeah that's a shame that the and i think we're on the other side of it now is the pressure that high school coaches put on kids to select one sport which is absolutely ridiculous you should still be in the sampling phase of things but that's a whole other topic so uh, what i'm hearing from you is it's it's this thing that that sparked your interest and then it kept growing and growing the more you got around these elite people um and i think there's 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 a thread here that anybody can apply this when did the point did it become literally your your life's obsession like how did you know that at this point like this is this is how i have to spend my life at this point Oh man, uh, I mean, I would say in college, I mean, college was, it was a grind, you know, like I lived and breathed wrestling. And so I would say at that point, freshman through junior, senior year is like, I was very passionate about it. You know, I was going to outwork whoever I needed to and just be the best I could be. And, uh, it was cool, you know, it was it was something that go out went super fast, but and uh I kinda missed that, you know, I kinda missed the college the college season and being a part of the team and that's I think the reason why I jumped into coaching 
this year was just having that that team aspect and just mentorship and helping the young guys on the college team out and just it just reinvigorates your your love for it you know if you're constantly just training and competing on your own it just becomes very challenging sometimes to have that that same drive as you would if you're with guys on the team that are excited for it you know being part of that team and so it uh yeah it just made me realize like that's where I felt like I fell in love with it and I could see it being something I could have spent my life doing, you know. Where did you learn the value of work? You said I want to outwork everybody. That's not that's that's a superpower that not everybody has or understands how important it is. They just think, yeah, I'm good at wrestling and I should, or I'm good at football or basketball or I'm good at whatever it is, and then they just say, and yeah, now I'm going to go win, like. What made you value the work so much? Oh, man. I mean, my mom's a workaholic. She works out. She runs four miles in the morning every morning. Then she goes to work, and then she comes back and weight trains usually in the evenings. And so I picked up that from her early on when I was young. Just being in that, looked up to her. And my dad worked long hours at the steel mill, so he was – just into, you know, working hard. And then my club coach, Eric Burnett, you know, he uh, he made a big difference in, in, in my wrestling. He, uh, he preached it. You know, he preached, like, if you really desire to become the best, like, you have to commit all in and, and push yourself to the limit. And he lived it. I mean, he was low 40s wrestling – with high school, college guys and beating up on them, you know, it's just nuts to see kind of how well he, he's just been a good mentor here for that. So it sounds like he's the one that kind of got me into that, that same, same focus, that mindset. Yeah. And that's what I was about to say. It sounds like you've surrounded yourself with people that have, um, an above average mindset. You know, it's one of the, you go to a little league baseball game or you, you start hearing parents, you know, scream at their kids, be tough and, you know, oh, we'll get, you know, walk it off or shake it. Well, it's like, well, you know, are you living that to where your kid can witness that every day? I'm not so sure. So, uh, it, you know, some as you get older, you realize the, the gift or the detriment you've been given by the example that was set by you, by for you. So you, you had two parents – that were just literally showing you work every single day, showing you effort, showing you um, co- just being consistent to what you said you were going to do. And there's a lot of people that are just psychologists that are just coming around now. And that's literally like becomes our programming. It's like your your software that it becomes. So it's, that's an in- interesting and, and, and kind of cool story as to where that comes from. Okay, so you're coaching now. Where are you coaching? I'll be at Duke University. Um, I leave tomorrow, actually. So it's exciting stuff. And then I start on Monday. Well, we have a team lift on Saturday, so I'll be part of that. So, Well, I can I – can, <laughs> welcome to the world's hardest job in the world, which is to make people uh, – see something 
at, that you know is very important and they may may not and make them want to do it. It's it's literally the hardest job on the planet. I I, I wonder in, if you have you had any coaching experience yet? Have you been coaching guys up a little bit? So I coached at uh, the Upper Arlington High School, which okay. is like five yeah. minutes from where I lived in Columbus. I did that in 2018. So I have a little bit of experience, but obviously Division One's going to be a little bit different. Right. Well, my question is, do you ever find yourself like, because as, as good of a wrestler that you are, is it, do you get frustrated sometimes? I've been around guys that were elite athletes, and then they, they go to coach, and they're like, well, why can't you catch the ball like that? Why can't you hit the ball like that? Why? And it's like, well, they're not you, dude. Like, <laughs> There's a reason why you are who you are and everybody else isn't. Have you noticed any of that yet? Um, Man, in high school for sure, you know. We'll see with the the college Duke wrestlers, but it'll probably be the same. You know, you got some kids that are really passionate about it and some kids that aren't so much as passionate about it, you know. And then it's just like finding what motivates them, you know. Each one's a little bit different, you know. For me, it was like the faith thing was really, really important, you know. Like every time I trained and every time I stepped on the mat, it was to glorify God, you know. And it's just like having that having that be the center of my training motivated me a lot. You know, it could be something else for different guys, you know. So, and then just getting to understand their personalities, you know, if they're extroverted, introverted, and just little things that trigger them to get focused. And that's what you're kind of trying to understand in your own thinking as well. You know, like what gets you in the zone? Where where does your you you are a man of faith and your faith is very very important to you? Where did that come from? Man, it was uh, when I first stepped into high school. I kind of felt something different. It was at CBC, and I just experienced kind of a love that I it just it was incredible, you know that it. It was just like I knew it was different, and so I started asking questions. You know, I, I grew up in a Catholic household, but I didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. And at that point, it really shaped who I was when I got into high school. Originally, I was going there just because I was good at wrestling and soccer, but little did I know that's when my faith journey would begin. And, uh, I'm really grateful in that sense, you know, and then God's placed some great Christian men in my journey through life so far. My high school coach I talk to on a regular basis, same thing with Tom Ryan and my Bible mentor I met in high school as well. I talked to her on a weekly basis too. So it's just like, I can see kind of the handwriting on the wall with just the journey so far, you know, it's grateful that, just each day, you know, to grateful, being grateful for the little things that God's done throughout my journey in life, you know, and just, oh, now I want to do the same thing for kids and at Duke. Well, there, you know, there's a lot of, I always called it uh, athlete Christianity or, or rabbit's foot Christianity where, you know, and everybody shows up to chapel right before the big game or the big match and everybody's like, oh, please, God, help me. And everybody kneels and prays right before the game. But you don't live it 
and I can just tell uh, it with this in the sincerity of what you're talking about that that that's not the case with you. And there's a trend here of when you decide that something is legitimately impacting you in your life, you take it very, very serious. Um, and, and so your, your faith, obviously. So how did you realize that, okay, I have this talent. Um, I, I can compete on a big stage here, but the way that I want to use this platform is to, to glorify, uh, my God, how'd you make that kind of connection to do that uh, I think I think the biggest thing was the pastors that were at the school it was Matt they were mentoring me as a freshman and uh, at that point I was still kind of focused on myself and getting all the accolades for my own glory you know and then it was just like I felt like I had that that trigger switch happen midway through this the year Especially when you have coaches doing a Bible study before practice. Every practice, we'd have a short Bible study, like 10 minutes before we had gotten to practice. It was consistent. And I was just like, this is insane. You know, like, this is really cool and unique. And it's just like, it was at that point I realized, like, wrestling is just a platform. You know, the biggest thing is using it to have fellowship and to glorify Christ and to talk about him and what he's given you and the blessings, you know? And that's what I've realized. It's like, look, wrestling is going to end for me one day. And it's more about the relationships that you build and the people that you uplift and, and making a difference in wherever you go. And that's what that's what I want to do. That's what drive is driving me now more than ever. It's just like look, like I'm getting closer towards the end of my career as a competitor. So I want to be able to do the same thing that the coaches did to me in high school. It was just like talk about Christ and what the love He has and how that incorporates into the sport, you know, and the fellowship you have with people. Well, it's almost convicting to watch some somebody like yourself that uh, w- at the time and still is experiencing success that literally everyone in your endeavor wants to experience. Like they all want to be the the world's. You go to any high school or junior high wrestling meet. It's everybody and their dad and their coaches dreaming about having half of the experience that you've had yourself and here you are while you're while you're experiencing it while in real time while it's happening you you make this realization that it's like this isn't even about me when it's when everyone around you is telling you man this is all about you right now like you're a stud and all that and and you're as everything on um in your career is increasing you you chose to feel yourself decreasing and that's a that's a rare rare thing man like that's not that's not uh that is not the program flavor of the of the month nowadays with things it's it's get as much attention how much attention can i make people pay 
towards me and then rub everybody's nose in it when I have that type of success. And, and it's refreshing to see somebody literally move the other direction the more success they have. Um, is that just a process of, like you said, the consistency of getting closer to God, the consistency of, of practicing your faith to make those types of realizations? Because that's, that's not a default human way to behave. Yeah, you know, you're either going towards God or you're drifting. There's no one way or the other. You know, if you're if you're putting time into your relationship with Him, it's gonna be it's gonna keep cultivating. You know, and people are gonna see it by your works that you do. You know, and that's what I've realized is like the inner life goes before that the outer life, you know, your relationship with Christ continues to grow deeper in you. You start showing it more to others. And, uh, and it's like, it's, it's the same thing with, with wrestling. I would say like, not that, but just like having constant focus will allow you to keep growing, become a better wrestler, and get to that next level. And that's what I want to do with my faith is just keep getting jump. Like my Bible teacher would tell me jumping to the next level, getting to the next level in your faith, you know, and, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me now. And from that standpoint, it's like, sometimes you have to do things in order to keep growing, you know, and it's going to, Christ is always going to go with you. But if he places it something on your heart, you need to you need to do it, you know. And that's what I felt like going to Duke was, you know. People question it like another program isn't quite at the highest level, but they're getting they're getting there. And the connection I had with Glenn back in February, it just it was it was different. I felt like things don't happen by coincidence. I felt like it was the first time I really thought about getting into coaching, and it was like. I knew, I know there's something special down there that goes beyond the sport. And so hopefully I'll jump another level in my faith. And that's the thing I want to do so I can just impact more kids and talk about faith and just be a better mentor and a better, better, stronger, stronger man of God, you know? How do you, with, I mean, literally have been since you were a teenager completely focused on uh, your wrestling and your faith, how did you sustain something like that? Do you, how do you not get tired of doing this? Oh, Satan will definitely come into your head and make you weary and tell you lies. Like, hey, like you don't see faith. There's, it's only in the inside. Like, not like he's God's not there. You're you're in the rough times. Like I've definitely gone through rough times, you know, and like makes me question, like, are you really there? Are you really helping me out through this? But it's like, you only can see it. I would say if you keep running the race, if you give up and stop trying, like that's what Satan wants you to do. If you keep running the race, you get stronger, you get tougher and you, you get to know, you understand yourself more. You understand God's love more and you only can see, see it as, as you get older, you can kind of see 
it's tough to say, but you see kind of God's footsteps when you look back a little bit. So no doubt. I mean, there's been plenty of times like why, why would a God that loves me put me through something like that? And, you know, and, and so I, I, I get very resentful sometimes of people saying, Oh, you know, God knows and God's God loves you. And he's all, He's all knowing, and he's and he's always got a plan. People say, "Oh, God has a plan." Well, I'm like, "Well, this plan sucks. Like, why am I in the middle of this hell?" And he, if he loves me so much, why would he do that? And then, you know, the the way things work out, literally the way I'm, uh, I, I'm at Marshall University in in West Virginia, and I was here for three years, and I left, and the things that have had to take place for me to step back into the same job I had, literally the same house. I lived in that that kind of thing doesn't happen and 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 it's sometimes you're like oh well you know he is in control and uh, something you said before we started recording is about wrestling and I think it really applies to the overall journey that we're talking about here is that wrestling is like chess with pain what 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 do you mean by that yeah, so one of my close friends told me that, and uh, I maybe chuckle, but it's the truth, you know, like, it's very strategic, and especially as you get to the high level, you need to have a good game plan going into the match, and you need to be ready to go, and, and then you're just counteracting moves, you're putting chain wrestling together with things, you know, and... Um, it's not just one move's going to work against everybody. You have to put three, four, five, six moves all together in order to score on the best of the best. And so it just made me realize, like, it is the truth, you know. It's chess, and, and you're trying to, trying to get, your, get to, that, to that next level, but, yeah, it, it takes a bunch of moves to get there. And so, and then it's painful because you're, you're in hand-to-hand combat. So, yeah, I guess know. I guess that's the the con, the continuum that really in, interests me is how are you how are you in in these these two worlds of I, I got this strategy and I got to do it like this and it's got to be combined here and he's going to try this if I do that. Yeah, give me a minute. Oh, good. Your roommate made a camera. Sorry about there. that. It's okay. Oh. No, I was saying just the fact that you're 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 up against this elite competition. You have to have you got to be totally dialed into the strategy you're going to have. But then at the end, the the whole time this is taking place, it hurts and it hurts severely. What is it that makes you pay more attention to the the move and the combination and and what it is you need to be doing against the guy you're wrestling more than how you feel which really that's the definition to me when say when people say hey what's toughness it's what i'm doing is more important than how i feel how do you make what you're doing more important than how you feel um i think it's just a deep love you know like you're willing to go through pain and torture yourself, like Tom Ryan would say, chosen suffering, in order to get to that that prize. You know, it's gonna suck beforehand, 
but once you get there, you understand like it's all worth it because you put that, you put that, uh, the discipline, the dedication, determination, all the, all the stuff it takes to get to that, to get to that, that championship, you know, and people don't really see it. They do, but they don't, you know, and it's just like, that's the respect you have for the sport and for the other comp- competitors because you know they're going through the same hell just to get that shot. Well, how do you, a lot of times when you deal with kids that haven't been asked to do something hard before, uh, in my experience, is, and then all of a sudden you, you throw them into said hell, uh, they take it personal, like they're getting attacked or you're picking on them, or, you know, why is this got to be so hard, or why are we doing it, why is it got to be like this? Is How do you, how did they build out the the mindset that this, this suffering is necessary and this suffering is chosen? You chose this, and this, this lifestyle that you've chosen to live is this is what it's going to take, and you have to become okay with that. And that's the only way it's going to work is you become okay with the suffering. How did you, how did you learn that? Wow. Um, you need to be a little different. I would say mentally it's tough. Um, Hey, give me a minute. Sorry. I'm on this, I'm on this zoom call. We'll wrap it up. Is that all right? I promise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you need to be a little bit different. That's, that's, that's the thing. I just, from a young age, I was just, just the intensity, you know, it's just, it was, it was really intense and focused and I knew what I wanted, you know, and it's just, I was one to, to torture myself, <laughs> not torture, but just go through I would say it's an incredible yeah. amount of uh, toughness with practice and whatnot to get to, to that, you know, and it just, it meant a ton, you know, it's just like, how powerful is your why? That's what you gotta ask. Like how how much are you willing to suffer to get to that? And if your why isn't that strong, then that's all right. You know, it's not for you. But there's certain guys that have such a powerful why that they're willing to do what it takes. Do you so. spend a lot of time, like you said, that inner life drives the outer life? Do you spend a lot of time driving home to your own psyche why 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 this is why to where anything that comes in opposition of dude you know like when your brain my brain does it a lot dude is this really worth it and you you don't think twice about it is do you find yourself having to do a lot of that work probably not so much anymore but early on just this real construction of why i'm doing this and how important it is we have a guy that comes in to do uh, leadership with us, and he would tell us to write down what we love about the sport. And at the time, I was like, this seems stupid, but it really is true. You know, when you start writing down what you love, it just reinforces it and makes it your why stronger, you know? And uh, it, uh, even if you're having a tough day at practice or something like that, you see, you write down what you love about it. It just makes the day better. And uh, it makes you realize, like, look, like, 
I'm doing it because uh, I want to try to be the best and try to and just have that that love, that deep desire to do it, you know. And I think that's been the biggest thing that's helped me with just continuing to stay in the sport, continue to push harder. Well, and I, and I won't take up much more of your time, but like one thing that is uh, is very um, apparent here is is you are different. <laughs> the, you, you do have a different way of uh, processing pain and discomfort and what it actually means to be committed to something, and it's it's pretty refreshing. It's it seems throwback almost and there's there's no surprise as to why it's manifested into the amount of success that you've had um nate i i wish you nothing but the best for your your training your upcoming trials uh within the olympics and your new uh career as a coach it sounds like the sport is uh is getting a good one Are you there? Hey, sorry. You, right? you there? <laughs> my, my phone just died. I oh, literally. Man. Yep, I'm I'm on the same train there. My my I got mine on the charger and hoping if I move it too slow or too fast, it'll stop charging. So I'm trying to keep it in the perfect spot. But did you did you hear my my remarks there, or did you lose me? I lost you. It was okay. the last little bit. That's okay. We can we'll edit that out in post. I promise. But what I what I was saying was. Uh, and, and I don't want to take much more of your time, so I'll kind of wrap it up with this: is when you said you got to be different to to be able to to look at pain like that. Uh, one thing that's very apparent here, in hearing you talk of, of just the way you've you've just decided to design your lifestyle, is you are different, and it's it's not a normal thing to be as committed as you are to what you say. We we all love to say. Um, good fluffy things to each other and, and and say we love God and say I want to be the best of course you do but this you're no stranger to what that actually um, has has to take and I think there's a lot of takeaways here for people to to understand of, of when you say you want to do something it's going to be incredibly hard and you better understand why you're doing it and it better be way more important than however hard it's going to be Nate, I uh, I wish you nothing but the best in your your upcoming trials for the Olympics. I mean, that is it's it's a once in a lifetime and uh, thing to talk to a guy that is uh, to 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 train for the Olympics. Um, and I wish you nothing but the best in your new endeavor as a coach. It sounds like uh, just from talking to you here that the sport is getting is getting a good one. Yeah, I'm grateful, man. This is a night exciting next part of the journey and it's excited to see where God leads me from this point forward. So thanks so much for having me on and just being able to talk a little bit. It's been an honor, you know, and I look forward to staying connected. Absolutely. Nate, thanks for being on and uh keep keep doing what you're doing, brother. Appreciate you.
So there you have it. I told you, hissy, but uh, still worth listening to. And uh, I, I, like once again, we apologize for the inconvenience, but uh, Zoom's fault. It's all Zoom's fault. Zoom's fault. I'm doing. I'm doing a Trump here. I'm just going to blame it all on somebody else. Oh, don't get, don't get salty. I don't care who you vote for. Jeez, oh peace. Leave me alone. All right. Uh, what a real deal guy he is. Um, inspiring to listen to, inspiring um, uh, just the, the, the way he's decided to organize his life and the way he's decided to treat people and, and what he wants to be about and what he represents. And there's, there's no fluff here. All right. It's what I appreciate about wrestlers. They, you know, it's hard to find some guy that's just fake. They're, they're pretty real dudes. And uh, I appreciate that about it. All right, guys, if you like what's going on with the Man Child Podcast, go give us a like or a uh, 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 rating or give us all the stars and all that kind of stuff because it helps people find it better. Not because we need affirmation of how good we're doing. It's nice to hear somebody say they like something, but it just helps us find people find it better in uh, the stratosphere that is the podcast universe, I guess, or something. Okay. Thank you as always. Thanks to our buddy, our co-founder. Uh, Scotty Kellum's up there in uh, Hamilton, Ohio, getting the shirts sent out and getting it organized and being the business mind behind the thing that I uh, can't do those kinds of things. Thank you to Patrick Davis, the guy that got this podcast on podcast platforms. Thank you to Dave, David Lessing, the writer and the performer of the Manchild Jingle. All right. And uh, you guys, take her easy uh, and uh, keep on keeping on. And go chase the biggest life that you can possibly live. All right, love you. Have a great one. And I can hear them bloodhounds on my trail. I wash my hands in muddy water. I wash my hands, but they didn't come clean. Tried to do. I've washed my hands in a muddy stream